keep the faith I'm gonna hold this banner high I'm gonna finish my race I'm a sea hidden man and a new white stone When I win this war I've got a church and a family Welcome back to another episode of The Fine and the Dash We're happy to have you with us today So glad you stopped by, made some time to visit with us Today we're talking to Brother Mark Mullins uh, continuing his testimony, um, we're going to. Uh, we said last week we're going to dive into the the meat and potatoes of his um, testimony. And uh, as you as you heard last week, Brother Mark had an awesome upbringing, um, a dedicated uh, mother and father uh, taking them back and forth an hour drive each way to to church and uh, to a good holiness church, a Christian school, um, explaining to them how. Um, they were focused on his future and the importance of being raised right. Uh, although it was, it came, you know, with uh, some hard decisions they had to make, and um, you know, not always necessarily being accepted in the in the community. Uh, but you know, they they were still focused on on the cost and uh, making every everything count for their children. And so today we're going to go into his testimony a little bit later in his life as uh, as he's grown up a, a little older. We got up into his early teen years. And uh, so, Brother Mark, as you decided to head off into college and choose a, uh, a occupation, choose a career path, uh, about what? How old was it? You think, or at what point did you choose that you wanted to go into the medical field and 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 follow that path? Well, brother Chad, I'll be honest with you, uh, as I always try to be honest. Uh, so, <laughs> it just seems like a good time to say that. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember being in uh, in in college, and uh, not college. I'm sorry, in high school, and that twelfth grade year coming. Uh-huh. I mean, and so you want to, you know, I always, I was trying to kick it off as long as I could, this decision, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up? Do I even want to grow up, you know, kind right. of, you know, or do I just want to live in mom and dad's basement? Well, mom and dad's basement is, there's a coal furnace down there and there's a lot of dust. And so I knew I didn't want to live in the dust. And so I had to do something, you know. And so honestly, when it come time to choosing a career, the reason why I went to the medical field is for two reasons. Number one, job security. Sure. And number two, I heard nurses made more than what, you know, I could make at Burger King. Oh, both you know, good you know, reasons. Both good reasons. Yeah. And so, you know, I can't, I can't really say there was, you know, I wanted to be a hero or save lives, that kind of stuff, you know, going to the medical field. I just wanted job security and something where I could pay my bills, you know. And so right. that's kind of, kind of decided to go to. My mom was a nurse and, you know, and uh, I thought, hey, yeah, why not, you know. So yeah. here I go. I understand it. Yeah, <laughs> and and really coming from Buchanan County and over even into McDowell, you know, I was raised in Buchanan, you was raised in McDowell, neighboring counties really mm-hmm. uh, across state lines, but they jobs really was limited. Right. I mean, it was either um, you know very select few fast food restaurants, mm-hmm. maybe one or two grocery stores, coal mines, or medical field. Right. I mean, that was pretty much it. That's about right um, or, or you can be an artist. And draw a check. And draw a check. Yes. Absolutely. That's 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 the best. That's that's the best one. And uh, uh, so most of the county did that. We had a lot of artists. We had a lot of artists. Um, <laughs> and, Still do. Uh, I'm an artist now, so that's, 
I have to be careful making those jokes. But uh, <laughs> but we uh, you know we 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 did come from a, a small community where there was very limited uh, you know very limited career path mm-hmm. to follow, and uh, I know you you know you chose to 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 go to college uh, a little bit away from home, um, and uh, how. You know how how did that go in in regards to you know being able to continue uh, spiritually the way the way you were and the way you raised was raised and and can you share a little bit of that with us and maybe some of the challenges you faced and and, and that type of thing. Right. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And so <clears throat> the way it was when I was growing up, um, I knew that I had to go to a school in the state that I lived in. Right. I didn't have an opportunity to go, I, I guess I could have, but not really. You know, mom just told me I couldn't go anywhere. I had to have in-state tuition. And, right. I, and I understood that. I was, you know, I was, I was, you know, 12, year, 12 years in 12th grade and I had, already had some math classes and stuff. And so, and so the only two, well, the biggest two um, choices that I had is I could have went to West Virginia University, which was up in Morgantown. My brother had went there. Mm-hmm. It was about five hours away. Um, and really big school, and what I didn't like about W, which is probably what my brother loved about it, and what I didn't like about it, is that everything was on a hill. And W, they had this awesome train system that you can get on, you can go you know, from one community to another community, and it was massive. And I was really afraid I'd get up there and get lost, really. Right. And so that's why W was not a thing for me, couldn't do it. <laughs> and so the next best choice I had was Marshall, Marshall University. And so uh, my mother had went there, my aunt had went there, and so, uh, you know, just seemed like a, a, a good ideal. It was fairly closer to home, not fairly close to still. Everything, if you're living in McDowell County, you know, especially nothing's growing close. up, nothing's yeah. close, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sam's is two hours away. Walmart's an hour and a half away, you know. Right. And so, um, and so I thought, you know, let's just go to Marshall. So we go to Marshall. And so I had the in-state tuition. Also at Marshall, um, there was a church there fairly close to it. Um, Flatwoods, Kentucky. Brother Lloyd Bailey was my pastor for years. I don't know if he'd claim me, but I, I'll, I'll claim him. I you believe know. he would. <laughs> Brother Lloyd, man, great, great guy, great yes, friend of mine, still is. And uh, and uh, but anyway, I went there to, to Marshall University, and there was a there was a great guy that lived in Huntington, West Virginia, which is where Marshall is, and Jason Painter's his name. And for three years, Brother Jason would pick me up outside of the towers or outside of Holderby Hall. He would pick me up in the car, him with Michelle, and, you know, watch them little, the, the daughters just grow up, man. I remember that, that youngest one just sealing diapers. I just watched them out. It's like, every, every time I took a math class, they just have another kid. I just quit taking math classes and just graduated. <laughs> For, for Brother Jason's sake. Yeah, for his sake. Yeah. Brother Painter, he's like, thank you. <laughs> he was so glad to see you. Man. Oh, he was so happy. He was so happy. <laughs> he, he, would, he would pick me up, or, or, or Sister Michelle would, or, or uh, Sister Kathy Caperton, or, or you know, her her husband. Somebody would pick me up there in Marsh, at Marshall, and they would take me to church, and they would bring me back, and they would pick me up as long as I was willing to go, which was almost every service, you know, unless I had a crazy exam the next day, and I did, or I didn't get my paper written, and it was due the next morning. You know, those carnal reasons, you know, I'd probably lay out of church a few times. Not too much, probably less than 10 times. But um, but they would pick me up on Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday, and Friday, and, you know, 
didn't cost me any gas money. You know, I'd have to buy, if we went out to eat, I'd buy my own food. Sometimes he'd be buying my own food. And so it was great, man. And so I, I just recommend anybody looking for a college, you know, Brother Jason's still in Hayden area. And, you know. <laughs> You know, just stay away from math class. Just stay away from math class. He'd probably appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of how how college went in the last year. Uh, I was able to uh, get a vehicle, uh, oh Astro van. You know, mom and dad's Astro van had to yeah. run around, and the Astro vans were awesome. I remember that. Man. Oh yeah, and so I was riding around. You know, cool dude riding around there in in, uh, in Honda. But then I could actually take myself to uh, to church. And uh, I remember something about that Astro van. I give the testimony of this, and I just thought about it. I was running in that Astro van. I was going to church one night, Brother Chad. I think it was a Friday night. I, know, I hate to throw a nine out there because it wasn't Sunday. Because Sunday, Brother Bailey would allow me to stay there at the church in between services. And so I was a broke college kid, and it was probably about a 40-minute drive. And so he would allow me to stay there in evangelist quarters. And so I got to crash out there, take a great nap in the good AC, you know, and go to church that night life was good but i was coming to church one night so it makes me think it was another day other than sunday i'm thinking it was friday night and broke college kid i had some income i was being a resident advisor i was an ra um and so what that means is that i had a floor that i oversaw we had new programs and had to have a certain gpa and that, some of those kind of things and really sometimes they just got desperate and just you know had to have, have had a body and i was just a body probably and so but anyway i was going to church and I remember that I was on, if I, I needed gas, and if I was stopped to get gas, I was going to be late for church. And this was probably back in the day when, when, when I had, you know, I just, I just believed God, you know, this day in particular anyway. And I asked God, I was, I was praying, I remember praying, and I, I remember asking God if he would give me some gas in my gas tank. Now that sounds silly, you know. And I don't even, right, looking back on now, I don't even know what I was thinking. You know what I'm saying? Right. If I if I heard of you know one of my kids doing that, you know, I'd probably have talked to him. You know, I, I like the way you have faith, but this is this is crazy. Right. <laughs> but I was riding down that. But I remember the gas tank, brother Chad. I went I went from probably I don't know maybe an eighth of a tank in that Oastro, and I knew I needed to get gas, and I was just praying, asking God to perform a miracle. And I remember watching that gas go from about an eighth of a tank, and it went up to about a three-eighths of a tank. It didn't get to quite a half half tank, and so my, my faith probably ran out, you know. <laughs> but I remember watching the gas gauge go up, and um, I was thinking, man, you know, maybe maybe there's something wrong with the van. It's an older van. Maybe my faith wasn't what I thought it was. Maybe this really wasn't a miracle. And so, but, you know, what do you do? You know, you got three eighths tank gas, just keep going to church, you know? So I, I didn't stop for gas, I went out to church. And then I remember I got to church and I was still at three eighths of a tank of gas and I drove back probably 40, 45 minutes back to Huntington and I drove on that gas for about a week. And it was that fourth year of college when I had that old Astro van that I watched God literally put gas in my gas tank. And I watched that go from an eighth of a tank to three eighths and I rode it. And that was the cheapest gas I ever had got. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm about to try to get some more faith, man. These gas prices. <laughs> but you know, brother Mark, you, you you brought up a good point, though. You know, in this day and time, that that's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 look at that, and we you know, but when we were younger, I remember people getting up and giving in prayer requests because of a, a test they had in college the oh, next yeah. day, yeah. or uh, in school the next day, or you know, we we prayed about everything. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we don't pray about nothing. 
Right. You know, so there's right. there's been a drastic change yeah. over the over the the you know the years, and um, you know nowadays we we act. Mm-hmm. Back then it was you know we prayed so we didn't have to act. Right. Right. <laughs> nowadays yeah. we're just like acting and being like, well, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be late. You know. Right. And um and so uh you know. Which is is probably a lot of the reasons we saw way more miracles then than we do now. Sure, is you, because we had the faith then. You were talking about, uh, you know, we used to pray about taking tests and that kind of stuff in school, and I remember being a junior there at Mar- or not a junior, a freshman at Marshall, and I knew I wanted to be a nurse not because I wanted to save lives, just because I wanted job security. I want to make a decent paycheck. That's really about it, and so. Even these days, I wonder if that's the reason why I'm still in healthcare. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, uh, that's another another point for another day. But I remember, you know, taking tests. And when I went as a freshman, I wasn't accepted into the nursing program. Now, I know that when I went to school, uh, if it was in-state tuition, there were certain grants and stuff that we could apply for with our income and the home and stuff and, you know, be able to get a better you know, maybe not a free ride to school, but, you know, just more assistance. And I remember that um, mom, she was busy with Josh and Jason and my two sisters, and then there I was in the middle of it, and it slipped her mind, and she had forgot to apply for that. And so this is my mom, which I, you know, owe a lot of stuff to my mom. And so, sure. yeah, and this is just one of them. Now, mom, she still wanted me to go to school, although she didn't apply for the grant. It was probably my responsibility because I'm the student, but my mom was trying to help me with that. And so she just got busy with life, and so I was going to school. I was not in the nursing program. I wanted to be a nurse, but um, I wasn't there. And so what I could do is I could take the classes of the, all the other nursing students took, and then the second year when people begin to fail out, then I could go in on the, as a second-year student. And so, But I remember going there, and public school was so much different than Christian school. So right. much. I didn't know, have no idea how different it was. I mean, I had a great teachers and stuff in school. You know, Nathan tried to do what he could with me. You can only do so much with somebody, you know. And so he tried. And so, but I remember while I'm going there, the way they tested was different. Uh, the way we studied was different. Right. Study groups, writing papers, so, so different. And so I don't remember how many in, in high school, Brother Chad, we had A, B, C, D answers. And when I got to college, you have A, B, C, D. And sometimes you can have more than one right answer, and you had to choose the best of the right answers. And that was, that's, a, that's a mind game. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I remember going to school and knowing that I didn't have an option other than passing these tests and doing good on them because this was coming out of mom's paycheck, which right. was very minimal. Right. Really. And so I studied, man, and for four years at Marshall, by the grace of God, I studied. I remember Friday nights. I'd be in the library studying, you know, about anatomy or physiology or biology or whatever I was studying, and probably math. <laughs> but I remember studying and hearing the roars of the stadium, the football games. And here I am. I'm just trying to study and just trying to focus so I can get into past these classes. And I remember going to church and I would I'd give him prayer requests that God would just help me. Sure. Yeah. Do okay. You know what I mean. And uh, man, I tell you what, there's there's this one time I was struggling with a history class, and I I I think I had a D in the class. We was about maybe a third of the way through that. Had a D in the class. It was, I was a first year student. I had no idea about taking public school tests, much less trying to write 
paragraphs in response to a question about history that I knew nothing about. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, I had a D in the class, and I knew that if this grade didn't get up, then I was probably going to be shot for the next year, and I had all this pressure on me. Mom was paying for all my school and stuff, and so I didn't have an option. I had to do this. But I remember I went to prayer about it and uh, got some some Sister Judy out of the church and Sister Donna and Brother Lloyd, Sister Kathy, and a lot of the prayer warriors of the church to help me pray. And I've never experienced this since. I don't, not to this degree anyway. But I remember praying, and the Lord gave. I felt like it was the Lord. I, I was inspired anyway to start recording with the tape recorder, the professor. Mm-hmm. And then this idea came to me: is that if he's going to test me on what he says, and it's not so much in front of me on a paper, then I need to know what he says. And so I recorded him. And I took that and I wrote down, I would literally write out his lectures, word by word, every week. I would write out his lectures. And I remember going and sitting for his tests. And the Lord allowed me, because I wrote all that up, I could literally somewhat flip through the pages in my mind of what I'd written down. And when he asked a question about World War II and you know whatever the case was, I could flip through my mind. And I, I think this might be an anointing in some ways. It sounds a little silly, probably, but I don't mean for it to sound silly. But I remember being able to flip through my mind a couple pages and just almost read through that document from the top down and transcribe exactly what he said on that paper. Wow. And would you believe that the next two-thirds of that, I got A after A after A, and my, my grade was pulled up to a B plus. Wow. And when you was talking about testing in college and praying about testing, I tell you what, you know, it may just happen to me, may not ever happen to anybody else, but I I got a feeling it's happened to a lot of people. And so my advice is really for struggling in school and stuff, really consider taking that to prayer because God might just perform a miracle for you. That's exactly right. I believe it. If nothing's too small for God. Uh, now, Brother Mark, we, uh, we talked a little bit before we started uh, recording the episode here about some more of your testimony and mm-hmm. um you know I, I want you to share as much of that as you're comfortable with um because there are different things when when um you know kids go off to college and they're away from home and they're outside the the grip of mom and daddy uh so to speak and and they're they're in unfamiliar territory territory and they're under pressure and they're you know what um you know, sometimes they they stray away from from the way they was raised. They mm-hmm. they stray away from from God and and things. And and there was a, a time when you you kind of found yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that portion of your testimony and and uh, and how uh, you know work us into how God brought you back and and that type of thing? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I'd be happy to um, point out here that probably. <clears throat> You know, there there may be some listeners to us, brother Chad, that that may be in a situation like I am, where you, like I was, where you where you going off to school and, and you're wondering, can I stay saved and live and go to a public school? Um, you know, be it taking engineering or nursing or you know basket weaving or whatever, you know, right. whatever we're taking. And I want to say yes. And the reason why I'm gonna say that is. For three years in my undergrad, I lived on campus. Uh, thankfully, I never had to share a room with anybody. That was amazing. That's probably beer point itself. Uh, but uh, stayed on campus. Now, not every room had an air conditioner, which was another wild story. But anyway, uh, stayed on campus. And for three years, I was saved. For three years, I was a preacher. 
for three years I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, for three years I would even go to Bible classes and, and Bible studies even on campus. Um, I would share uh, my testimony with folks. And <clears throat> I remember being outside of Holderby Hall on the back side of the, of the hall and there was a group of us that would get together. It's probably about 10 of us. And we came from all different walks of life. Uh, just, we were just from all different walks of life. None of us were, I don't think we're the same really. But I remember we would sit there and we would discuss theology. Now, you know, here I am with a whole this preacher background, you know, so right. I've, I've got my convictions. And I know what the Bible says, King James Version. But I got the opportunity to talk to people that, uh, that, didn't go to church. Uh, one of my, Chris Stone, one of my, my RA, one of my best friends in school, he was actually a Catholic guy, really good, you know, great guy. Uh, we just didn't see eye to eye on everything. Um, and so, but anyway, so we had a Catholicism, we had uh, people that were just agnostic, we had a holiness preacher, we had um, people that came from well-to-do families, we had people that came from poor families, we had people there that was there to actually learn something and we had people that was there just because mom and dad was pay foot in the bill and they didn't have anything else to do so it's just come to school and partying right and so there was a lot of us that was there and i remember those conversations uh for for three years sharing the gospel with those folks and i remember people that that would come to that conversation outsiders we didn't even know in our little group and they would just be discouraged and you know down and that kind of stuff and just a little bit of the gospel a little bit of life you know maybe to tell a bible story or something uh but communicating about the word of god would just bring light and life into their life you know i mean you walk away with a little bit of a smile and maybe their head wouldn't hung as low you know they still had a math test next day you know i don't know how how good it can get you know? <laughs> uh but uh for about three years you know brother painter picked me up took me to church um you know checked in on me and you know I it just for three years I lived on campus and I lived holiness in a secular world on campus right. and it is possible it is possible now I, the last year of my schooling I was able to move off campus um, I was working in the in the local hospital as a as a nurse tech um, still riding around the old van well that's the year I got the van I guess and uh, moving off campus I moved down to the west end of Huntington now the west end of Huntington uh, is like being from the west side, you know what I mean? And on the west end of Huntington is where you hear the, the robberies and the gunshots and that kind of stuff. And there was a few nights, uh, I'm just putting this plug out there. If you ever live in Huntington, stay away from the west end unless you go to the far west end. But if you're kind of right there around First Street, you want to be careful. Uh, but living on First Street, and I remember a couple of nights, I hear these gunshots go off and I hear sirens, that kind of stuff. Pretty crazy place. But that last year when I moved off campus in that little apartment, um, I thought when I was getting into that, you know, I'm growing up, I'm going to spread my wings, I'm going to fly, uh, I'm ready to just live life. And so going into that, Brother Chad, I thought, you know what, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep hold of God, let God keep hold of me. I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep doing everything that I have been doing for these other three years. And I got so secure in what I had done and how I had lived that I let go of the security that's involved with how I need to live now, if that makes sense. And so, so what I did is I got off campus and uh, got down to the to, towards the West End, and um, I really I just quit reading my Bible. You know, I I, I quit praying. Um, I was still going to church. Um, 
and really, I, I think I was real still still sitting on the platform, if I remember correctly, you know. But you know, that's just just that was just my testimony. Um, of course, brother Way or not brother Webb, um, brother Lloyd, he, he man of discernment, you know, very wonderful guy. Um, and he, you know, you know, he probably knew I wasn't praying, probably knew I wasn't reading, you know. But he's just gracious and merciful, and the Lord just didn't tell him to kick me off the platform yet. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I remember, you know, going through that, and really what happened is I just, I just quit praying and, and quit reading, and then from that, um, I would begin a downward spiral uh, of backsliding, and that was that was my last year of college. And so I remember that last year of college uh, struggling with that degree. And um, that's when I started wondering, what am I missing out on life? You know, um, I see these other people, you know, that I'm friends with and they're going out and they're partying and they're having a good time. And here I've been, I've been this goody two shoes, Mr. Youth Camp growing up, you know, Mr. Preacher you know, that kind of stuff, and and I wonder, when I stopped reading, I stopped praying, I started wondering, what am I missing out on, you know, and that may be, it's kind of similar to, uh, to uh, you know, Lot, you know, when he cast it, when he pitched his tent towards Sodom, right. just kind of wonder, what have I been missing out on this whole time, and that's probably where, where I began to begin my downward spiral. Now, with that downward spiral, it would just be a, be a few months, you know, when I, when I would quit going to church, um, now I would have to say I have to put this plug in about the type of friends that I had, the church friends that I had. You know, I, w I would go a few weeks without going to church, maybe a couple months without going to church. Um, but on Friday nights, every other Friday night at least, we would go out to Giovanni's, and man, I love Giovanni's. Right. And uh, we'd go to Giovanni's. I still love Giovanni's. And uh, we'd go there, and man, they put their arm around me. They give me a big hug. Want to know how I'm doing? Want to know how school was going? How's work going? That kind of stuff. And, and uh, there was a guy, he's actually my Sunday school teacher uh, at the time when I was going to church, Brother Randy Cordell, and when I was doing a nurse extern, and he had a lot to do with me getting on there, and, you know. Um, but uh, but Brother Randy, he, he knew my life, and he knew my struggle, and, you know, that last year, me and him would be working in the ER, and I would, I would go out with folks, and uh, this is when I was struggling, and we'd go out, and first, you know, I just wonder what am I missing out on. Um, we would... Uh, take smoke breaks and so what I would do you know with these smoke breaks is I would just go out and you know just kind of hang out and get some fresh air I mean what do you do at three o'clock in the morning you know what I mean right. you know all the crazy people that was going to make silly decisions that already made the decisions that night if they were going to be found that night they was already found and brought to the hospital and then everybody else had to be found at six o'clock <laughs> and so you got them two hours of death so it's so easy you go outside and you just kind of hang out with these other kind of things what am I missing out on and so you know how they say they say you know yolo you only got one life to live and so it's interesting that the pivotal point of my life when i started going downhill is when i stopped reading i stopped praying and then i started wondering and then from that wonder is when i started making some bad decisions and how, how was it brother mark that god was able to bring you back let me uh yeah. um you know i know um you know, I've we we've discussed this story a few times and and things, but how um, how was he able to turn that all around for you? Yeah. So probably, uh, you know, I I graduated 
nursing school. Went on to be an ER nurse there at King's Daughters and uh, worked there for a couple years. For a couple years of my life, I struggled kind of, you know, up and down, in and out, you know, one of those kind of, one of those kind of cases. I was one of those cases. And um, really, it got to the point that uh, in, in my life, you know, one of those downswings, um, once again, I got to think, what well, well, I'm missing out on some of that kind of stuff. This is what was going through my mind. But it was one of them downswings that, that I got to the place that it hit me that here I am. I was a Christian. I was Holy Ghost filled. I was called to preach. I was a man that, you know, mom thought I was full of promise, you know, um, if you will. You know, dad thought I was full of promise. And I felt at some point of one of those downswings for the Chad that I had let myself down um, what I thought that I would be. You know, one of these days, maybe the Lord would call me to, to be a missionary. And I always wondered if I'd be a missionary or something like that or be an evangelist. I talked to Brother Coyle about that one time about being evangelized and stuff. And so, but anyway, I thought maybe that would be what God would have for my life. And then, but when I started struggling, I struggled really bad and got into things I never should got into. When I went through that struggle, I felt like I let myself down. I felt like I left my family down, I let my pastor down, let my friends down. And really, when I got to that point, you know, you could do one of two things. You could either man up and go back to the cross and ask God to meet you where you are and take the baggage that you have and the decisions that you've made and the pain that you have and the regret that you have or you can allow that to drive you further away from God. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you know, the devil's probably involved with blaming everything on the devil. This devil probably wasn't involved with this one. But for whatever reason, I, I chose the second option. And so my choice in that was I was so depressed, I was so down, and I thought, you know what? I let everybody down. Let's just, let's just head to Texas. Now, something interesting, that's what David Crockett did. <laughs> for all them history people out there yeah. so I was following a David you know I didn't have the moccasins on but I was I was kind of following old Dave's shoes and so I, I go to we, Texas we've got something for everybody in this show man. I'm right, man. he's like forget you guys I'm going to Texas I'm That's going to Alamo out of here and so and so I go to Texas and uh, I go to Texas Brother Chad for two reasons one reason was is that I, I was depressed and I'd let myself down, felt like everybody let everybody down, and so I just I just wanted to get out of town. Right. You know what I mean? Uh and another reason was is that um, you know, I had now I had a truck I had to pay for. I was looking at maybe getting a higher education degree and uh I wasn't interested in a lot of student loan debt and so I went the money was good in the travel contract nurse. And so I go to te Texas and I work in the ER that JFK was taken to when he was shot, which is pretty cool. Not that he was shot, but the hospital was pretty cool. And uh Oh, great story about that hospital. So I'm working. I'm working in the ER. I just I'll plug this in there. I'll get back to the spiritual. And so I'm working in the ER, and I know nothing about Spanish. And so when I get down there, I realize how little I knew Spanish. And so we've got a hundred beds in the ER. And one time we had a hundred patients signed up in the back, and we had over a hundred patients in the waiting room. It was a massive emergency. Wow. Well, they decided to put this old hill jack out in triage. <laughs> so I know nothing about Spanish at all. I wish I knew more now, really now. But anyway, I've got there and I got this little uh, 
that this patient come up uh, on my little docket for me to call. And uh, his name was, what it read was George. And so I don't know what his last name was. So I'm going to say Martinez. That just sounds like a good Spanish name. And right. so, so I'm just walking out and I'm like, George Martinez, George Martinez. Anyway, and so I have this little, this guy comes up to me. He's like 25 years old. And he, he pecks me on the shoulder. He's like, do you mean Jorge? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> you misunderstood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so here, anyway, I'm down in Texas and I'm working. And I'm staying in this Candlewood Suites. And I can tell you where it was. I can't remember the road. I could, we hopped in the vehicle at night. We'd be there by tomorrow night sometime. And I could show you where it was if it's still there. Not too far down the road from uh, where a um, uh, Whataburger is. Love Whataburger. Don't know why, but I just love it. But anyway, I'm there in that motel room, and I'm, I'm feeling. I'm still depressed. I have tried many things that the world had to offer, and none of it was filling. It was all empty. Yeah. Um, it was all empty. It didn't matter how how high I had gotten, I wasn't at that, that time, but it didn't matter how drunk I was, it didn't matter uh, to what places I went or what I got involved in, there was always long in my heart for more. And what got me most about that, Brother Chad, is I remember being down there, and it's one thing to be numb uh, when it comes to cold weather, and it's something else to be spiritually numb. Right, and when I say that is, I had went probably, I would say probably four six months probably without feeling any kind of conviction. Wow. I mean, I, re- I remember being in church, uh, the Holy Ghost moving. I didn't feel anything, you know. And I'd heard preachers talk about that, you know, getting to that point where you just don't feel anything anymore. And so, and I thought I was at the creek, no paddle, you know, really right. in a lot of ways. And so, uh, you know. But I remember, you know, being down there, it had been months since I'd really felt anything. I was depressed. I was running from, I don't know what I was running to, don't know what I was running from. I was just running. And I was down there, and it was in the Candlewood Suites, and in the hallway on the right side, right before you go out the door, that God came into that room. Conviction fell on my heart. And I don't know if I was listening to a song. I wasn't listening to preaching. Maybe a song, maybe not. I don't know. I ain't heard a sermon in months. And I felt like God dealt with me and gave me another chance. And that chance was, I felt like I had two options that day. I felt like I could continue the way that I was going. I could keep running from God. I could keep running to what, I don't know. From what, I don't know. Just running. Or God was going to give me a space and an opportunity to try again. To go back home and just try again. And so, thankfully, I had enough sense, you know, that I, I chose the better of the two routes. And I got down, and I, when I prayed, I didn't have accolades that I could give God. Right. I couldn't say, I've been to Sunday school every Sunday for the last year. I couldn't say that I had listened to the preacher, I had taken notes during church, I'd been listening to nothing but Christian music. I couldn't say that. But what I could say is that, Lord, here I am. Here's my mistakes. Here's my baggage. Here's what I've been running from or to. And when I got, when I prayed, I just gave him me. Wow. Didn't have anything else to give. Right. And so got saved that night. 
And uh, from that point forward, I just started watching God work miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. And I'll say this, you know, to kind of leave the listeners in a in an upswing, if you will. Um, you know, it's not all depressing. You know, it's some good things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but one of those good things, I remember, uh, remember coming home uh, that night, or not that night, within a couple of weeks. I was going to finish my contract out. Didn't renew. The money was really good. Didn't renew my contract and come back home. I felt like that's what God gave me an opportunity to do. So I was on my way back home, and I'm coming through Charleston, West Virginia, and uh, that area. And uh, Brother Nathan Morris is pioneering a church there, right? not too far from Charleston. And um, so I go there that night, and uh, I don't know if Brother Nathan knew that that I'd been struggling up and down. You know, probably the last time he seen me was at a youth camp. You know what I'm saying? And I was doing good and shouting with everybody else. But uh, he'd asked me that night. We was in that little storefront. And I'll never forget, you walk in the front of the store, you walk up these steps and into the back and down into this big, big room that was that was where the sanctuary was. Mm-hmm. Walked down there, felt right at home, you know, like I never, never missed a beat. And it's really something how God can save somebody and put them back in a place where he just restarts you. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, uh, now, by no means was I ready to take a text. I right. mean, you know what I'm saying, but sure. but God God had saved me, and uh, Brother Nathan asked me if I, if I want to testify, and I testified, and there's about ten of us there probably, and uh, probably been less than that if anybody found out I was going to sing that night. But he asked, <laughs> but he asked me if I had a song, and the you know the only song I was singing coming back from Texas, old windows down the truck, it was is I tell you the best thing I ever did do. Yeah. I took off the old coat and put on the new, and I don't know how it sounded that night, but ever ever since then I've been living that. I've been Amen. living that song. Yeah. Now, one thing you had told us uh, when we was discuss, you know, talking a little bit before the episode, uh, that I thought was was an important fact to point out is no matter what you did, and no matter what you tried, you still really wasn't, you know, no matter how numb you got and, and things, that conviction, you you still felt that. You know that pull or the emptiness right. that something was missing still or right you know uh, can you talk a little bit more about that yeah yeah I'd be happy to this is this is going back probably about two three years this is this is going back uh, to my my last year of college is when I started noticing this mm-hmm. um, and uh, somebody had mentioned a, a verse to me and uh, Psalms 139 8 says if I send up to heaven thou art there if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Yes. And knowing about the first part of that verse, being in church services, on shouting ground, rolling in the floor, run the run the aisles. I never had the faith to run the pews, but you know yeah. I ran the aisles a couple times. And so, if I send up to heaven, if I'm feeling I'm on fire for God, you're there. Right. But it's the second part of that verse that I lived, and there may be some listeners out there that's living that. Absolutely. That if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Yes, sir. And so it's the making the bed in hell part, Brother Chad. I, re- I remember, you know, there, there was places I would go. Um, I, I, I would go to the bar room, and there I would, I would consume alcohol. And, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, it's craziest thing I ever did in my life. Probably one of the craziest thing I ever did. I've done a lot of crazy stuff. That's one of the craziest ones, probably. But, uh, but I remember being there, and when I and I, I'm telling this for a reason. I'm, I'm not, you know, not not trying to, you know, give the devil any credit, but I'm telling, giving God glory. I remember being there, and and when I would consume that, 
my key to stop is when I got numb. It's a dangerous place. Don't ever do that. It's just silly, stupid. It's crazy. But anyway, but that was my key. But I remember it didn't matter, Brother Chad, how loud the music was. It didn't matter what all we were consuming. It didn't matter how many friends were around me. It didn't matter what I got into. There was never a point that I remember when I was going through that and dealing with that and participating in that stuff that I did not feel conviction from God and know that I shouldn't be here. I know better than this. I don't know why I do it, but I know better than this. This isn't the plan that God has for my life. You know, and so if I make my bed in hell, if I decide to sleep in hell, thou art there. And so, brother, brother Chad, that makes bad decisions over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter, you know, how 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 high the high is, or how numb the numbness is, or how loud the music is, or you know how popular the crowd is. You know, engaging that kind of stuff when you're in the height of your pleasure. And when everything should be going right, you should be feeling great and you feel worthless. That's God dealing with you. You've made your bed in hell and God is there. But the good news is God is there. Right. You know, now God ain't going to follow you to the bar. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that, that the love of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God is so great that it can extend to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're in the gutter or right. you're on the rooftop. Amen. I agree with that. And I'm so thankful for what he has done, Brother Mark, in your life. Um, Now, you know, like we said earlier, you know, uh, the Sunday school teacher, you've become a preacher. Man, some of the sermons you've preached have have been such a blessing. Um, You know, the being here on the podcast, you know, God surely had a work for you to do. And, um, you know, a lot of this, you, you couldn't foresee it. Um, but he, he surely has uh, blessed you with the work to do. And, and we're so thankful for all of his mercy and his grace and his love that has, has brought you back. And, um, to any listeners out there, a lot of the advice brother Mark has given is very valuable advice. And, um, you know, uh, you know, take that from somebody that's been there. Um, you know, somebody that's went through what you may be going through, and uh, be sure to to at every opportunity, just give it to God, and uh, uh, don't you don't have to make necessarily the same mistakes that somebody else has made. Uh, if Brother Mark is sharing something with you and you're headed down that road, then it's not too late to turn around and avoid maybe some of the mistakes that he may have made. And so that's why it's important uh, for us to tell these things in these podcasts is, you know, we, we may not, you know, maybe we don't want you to make the same mistakes that we made. If we can save you a few scars in your life, then, you know, then that that's all the better. So, uh, Brother Mark, thank you for being transparent with us. Thank you for sharing uh, where God's brought you from, all the things he's done for you. And uh, we'll go ahead and and wrap this episode. And uh, be sure to tune in with us next week. Um, Share a smile with a neighbor. Shake a hand. And uh, until...
until then, let's make every moment count. God bless you. When I win this war, I've got a church and a family, and they're worth fighting for.